This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <coughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain's state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Joe, good morning. Good morning. You know, Joe, there were a lot of things going on that I thought Joe's going to be in a great mood. And they got that road trip over. He had to, you were hilarious when you were talking about killing time and how much you were hating it on the road with a couple days off in a couple towns. But now you got three days at home with no games and you got to win. And I thought you were going to be a good mood, but you went out and you got a technical foul. Joe. I mean, it, it, it might be the like the, not that I've ever tried to like get one back because I've, very well aware that I've made the most of a lot of them um, but I was like actually uh, obviously I said what I said which didn't make the referee too happy but I was actually just I was just saying it like it wasn't directed at anyone or anyone in particular or the referee or anything like that I was just like saying it because it was like I didn't think it was a foul but yeah, the referee thought I was talking to him and it real like at the point of the like at the time I'm not going to even bother arguing it because it was like what's the point because they don't rescind like he doesn't he doesn't give me a technical and then take it away if I if I go and plead my case to him so I was like screw it I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, deal with but it. I was actually just like emotionally talking to myself like it wasn't directed at anyone but it is what it is. Yeah, when I used to work for the Salt Lake Tribune way back when, they had a coach at the University of Utah, Rick Majerus. He took him to the Final Four, and one time he was and he was profane as can be, and he was screaming at one of his players during a game, and the referee walked between him and his player, and he hears all yeah. these profanities coming out of the coach's mouth, but they're not directed at the ref at all. Yeah. They're directed at his player, but the referee tees him up because <laughs> he hears these words that and weren't directed like- at him at all. It's an emotional game, and you get into it, and obviously we all, we're all trying to win. And so I was like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna bother with this one. So yeah, you might as well. As I'm watching I'm you, in, I'm still in a good mood. Don't oh yeah, you're all fine. Right. You're fine. You're, you're usually in a good mood. It's rare that I think you're Renee, not. Renee might have been in the bathroom or something at the time, so she didn't actually see it. Oh, even better. So she doesn't know. Let's keep it a secret. <laughs> we'll not tell her that you got some money deducted again. <laughs> Until there's a big minus in my face. <laughs> well, we'll let that slide, man. So you can. Well, I mean, the we truth is, you still got enough for Christmas. Radio, so. Yeah, he's still got the radio money. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that'll make up for it. That's right. Yeah, man, you, more uh, more property in Park City you can buy. Ooh, uh, <laughs> let me know if we got something on the market. I'll take it. <laughs> and buy Locke's place, and then you can be his landlord. <laughs> no, oh, I'll be his landlord. I want to live here. <laughs> 
Lock him out. <laughs> so I'm watching you play with Whiteside out there, and I'm wondering, compared to Gobert, when you've got the ball, what's your level of comfortability and familiarity with Whiteside as it is compared to what you know what you need to do with Gobert? Um, obviously not to the same level. Um I mean, eight years is eight years. You can't uh, you can't kind of put a price or time on that because we've we've obviously not just the, the I guess the time that we've played together, Rudy and I, but also the amount of actions we've we've been in together, and obviously those three or three or four years, whatever it was, starting. Um, it's a a lot of time to be playing pick and roll and handoffs and and doing all that. So um, obviously, it's not. Not to that level, but I think I think it's been good. I think I think he's getting more comfortable in the system and um, how we play and what we want to do. And um, I mean, Coach said it the other day, or maybe a couple of weeks ago now, but um, just about the, the even our um, like our sub subbing patterns, like Hassan and myself come in at the seven or seven and a half or whatever it is, and. Hassan comes back out at the at the three or two or whatever it is. Um, he, I remember like the first time that ever happened. He was looking at coach like, "What what did I do?" Kind of thing is, did I do something wrong? Or and so I, I, like those things are just things that everybody has to get used to the the rotations and the system and what coach and same for Hassan for me like him getting used to the way I play and how I'm going to pass him the ball and, and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, it'll keep it'll keep getting better and better. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna play a fair bit of minutes kind of over this next however however long however many games we've got left. So we'll, we'll just keep keep figuring it out and, and keep getting better. It's uh, it's weird that Rudy Gobert is averaging so many rebounds in relatively speaking so few minutes. I mean, he's playing thirty one minutes a night, but I think of him as a guy who can play thirty six night after night. But you've had so many blowouts, I think his his minutes have gone down, and he's averaging almost a rebound every two minutes, which I think is a really high number. And then I looked at Hassan Whiteside; he's doing almost the same thing as a backup. When you're playing with those guys. Do you sometimes just assume they're going to gobble up every rebound? Does it kind of lower the urgency for you or your your teammates? Because these guys are grabbing so many. Is it easy just to assume they're going to get the next one? Well, I don't assume. I kind of know. Um, obviously, they're, they've both been, and even if you you look at Hassan's career, career prior to here when he was playing those minutes and stuff in Miami as a starter and as that kind of main guy, um, they've both been unbelievable rebounders in their careers so um, it's not it's not surprising um, obviously the last few years for Hassan obviously not being a starter and coming off the bench with different teams or whatever um, for him it's like well now he's playing against the backup center he's not playing against yeah. a, a Rudy Gobert or a Miles Turner or the, the list goes on obviously um, so I think for for him and for our team, it's obviously a, a huge advantage to have him um, playing against those guys and being able to do what he does and what he's done in his, his career, but against, obviously, now backup guys. So, obviously, there's times that, I mean, even like last night, they had a, a clear emphasis on sending two or three guys to, to every rebound um, situation, especially defensively. Um 
to, to stop Broody and Hassan getting those offensive rebounds. They had two or three guys there, which obviously um, opened it up for, for the guards to be able to kind of crash and get, get some kind of cheap, easy rebounds. So, um, yeah, we we kind of expect and know what they're going to do on the, the defensive boards and then offenses as well. So it, it definitely helps having you, you sub one out and <laughs> it's almost like a clone of the other one coming in and, and almost doing kind of the same thing. So, um, yeah, definitely a, a positive for our team. You guys were the second game on ESPN. The first game was Dallas and the Lakers. So I'm watching the pregame, and they've got on there some media guys, a guy named Stephen A. Smith, I assume you know him, and a couple other guys, and they're talking about how uh, they don't talk about the Jazz. And then Smith says, well, you know, I, I picked them to win. They let me down, so I'm not sure I believe in them. And then Marcus Morris last night says, yeah, they're still the same team. Ain't nothing changed. Gobert protects all of them. None of them can defend. Just funnel it to him, and it's tough. He's a great player, and he does a great job of anticipation, staying down, being solid, so you know who they are. And then we had Minnesota last week crack on you. Do you think that is that just sort of standard for a team that's been really good in the regular season, but has not gotten to the conference finals yet and until... And Donovan said this in his post game. Basically, he said, until we get there, these people are going to keep running their mouths on it. Is that something that's a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've said it before. I literally could not care less what anyone thinks about our team or how we play or what, like... Marcus Morris can say that, but it's like, well, why wouldn't we funnel everybody to Rudy <laughs> isn't that a smart game plan when you've got the three time defensive player of the year like yes. why would we try and ISO and play one on one purely one on one and just obviously we've got to stay in front of our guys and, and, and do different pieces but like you funnel the players to the best play, best defender in the world like that's what <laughs> that's, if you've got a guy that loves going left me for example why would you run plays going like it's just common sense like we're going to clearly funnel everybody to Rudy that's a a smart game plan obviously in in the playoffs is where the the manipulation of like where where, who Rudy guards and where they put him that's what they the the Clippers obviously trying to move him all over the place get him away from um, being able to protect the rim Um, but but yeah like, like Donovan said until we Obviously, it doesn't bother me or our team what people say. We we know we're building towards something. Um, we've been trying to build towards that. We have had setbacks along the way. I think that's normal in life. Uh, I think it was like there's probably been one, maybe that Golden State team that I think they lost in maybe the second or third round, and then they won it the next year. Yeah. Apart from that, it takes time for for teams to get to the to the level. Um, so yeah, we, obviously it doesn't bother us. We're, we're going to keep doing what we do, keep playing the way we play. And um, again, obviously for, for us, it's about us um, putting the the finishing touches on it in the playoffs and doing it in the playoffs and, and playing at a high level and that to, to be able to push it further. There's something I've been wondering for a while, and Quinn started to address it in those in-game interviews, which I usually find useless, but I thought he hit on an important point. He was talking in the Clipper game. He said, 
And there was something about how to close this game out because I think you're up by double figures at the time. You said, "Well, you know, we got to rebound and we got to run the court and keep them out." We, well, we not not turn. We can't. We got to stop the turnovers, which I took as an implication. We can't let them score in transition. Have you guys been doing this long enough? And you play at high enough level. You shoot the ball so well in your set court offense. You defend so well with Rudy. Do teams pretty much have to score on second chance points and in transition if most of these teams are going to beat you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a. I mean, you go into every game with a, a game plan and emphasis and and things like that. And, um, obviously, past years is, is kind of whatever, but but this year we were horrible in transition defense for the start of the year or to to this point so far. I think the road trip we just went on was the first time, um, even numbers wise, from kind of what we, we get back in in film and meetings, um, was the first time we'd really kind of ran back and set a wall and 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 been able to defend in the half court like you said obviously for us we we know how good we are in the half court and that's why you can manipulate the game with, with euro fouls and and for us obviously offensive rebounding as well because it's a, a a form of transition defense if we go and get it it's almost like getting a stop because we've just got the ball again and, and obviously get to have another possession offensively but uh, i think prior to the the road trip we went on we were like 28th in tra- transition defense or something like that so obviously like us other teams look at those numbers and they they say that and it's like all right well we don't want to play rudy and hassan in the backcourt in the half court so um every opportunity we get make or miss um and some teams do it organically it's kind of the way some teams play um how, how fast they get it in and new orleans has always been one of those teams to, that comes to mind but um yeah, it's it's obviously it's been a focus of ours to 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 get back and set set it and kind of pack the pain and and fan out from there and and obviously we just we just have to keep doing it, um, keep focused, keep keep watching it to see where we are making those mistakes. Um, but but like I said, prior to the road trip, we were horrible, um, and we did get better over that road trip. But obviously, that's just three or four games, so we've just got to just got to keep building on it and keep keep working on it. Yeah, and you talk about that, and it's clearly it's been a difference, and you you guys are on a nice streak uh, as far as that goes, and you I, I can't say you turned it around because it's not like you were in, in the bottom by any stretch, but you're 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 playing much better this time well, we around. Were in the bottom, we're just not that much higher. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys talk about that amongst yourselves? Well, it's in, obviously we watch film and we get. Um, we get told it by right. By I know, but I mean, stuff. do the guys um, talk about it with each other? Not the coaches telling you. Yeah, I mean, we have. There's there's times in the game, and and you might get subbed out, and you're like, holy, shit! I just missed that one. <laughs> or I should have ran back. Or um, we obviously, for people that don't know, we we obviously we watch film at halftime as well. They coach will show us five or six clips and. Um, like there'll be one of someone not running back and say, like, all right, like whoever, Joe, Joe, you've got to like sprint back here and, and obviously help form the wall and, and get back. So we, we talk about that. There's, there's plays. I mean, everyone has them. Like you have a possession and you know, you're going to be on the film the next day. And it's like the mindset of not trying to be on the film the next day. So you do whatever you've got to do to, to not be on the film. But um, yeah, no, we, we obviously talk about it. It's more in the, not in a funny sense, but but obviously kind of keeping a light and like, hey, Rudy, you got to you got to get back there, or Donovan, you've got to get back there, and um, yeah, just keeping 
keeping the focus on it because we obviously, again, we know how high level it is for, uh, for, us, for us to do that. I was just explaining to my wife the concept of not being on the film the next day. You've had former teammates who've talked about it, and she asked something about Quinn during a game, and I told her that, and she was laughing. It's funny you bring that up right now. Don't be on the film the next day. No, you don't want to be on the film the next day. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, can I have a kiss? Jacob's gone to school. Sorry. There you go. No worries. Um, yeah, no, you don't want to be on the film the next day. That's like the, the – like I said, but the, the, there's like legitimately times and possessions that you're like running down the court. You're like, damn it, that's definitely going to be on the clips. <laughs> have <laughs> or, you – I mean, we watch team film, but then we also watch individual. So right. if you're lucky enough for it to not be on the team one, if it's not too bad or if someone messed up even worse than you, then it's definitely on your individual one. So either way, you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. Christmas is right around the corner. You got your shopping done, Joe? Well, I'm very lucky that Santa Claus slash Renee um, <laughs> organizes all the kids' stuff. Okay, but um, what are you getting for the little lady? Well, we had this agreement. Um, we purchased a house for ourselves as a bit of a holiday getaway, and um, so that was kind of our Christmas present to each other, but... Um, everyone knows that everyone likes actually opening something on Christmas Day. Right. Um, so, yeah, I've got a, a few little things for her, but it's going to be a, a very, obviously for us, it's it's about the kids and, and seeing their, especially five-year-olds, <laughs> five-year-olds are obsessed with uh, with Christmas and Santa and, and all those, the elf on the shelf thing that's the most annoying thing in the world. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, we'll we'll have a good time. The, the, obviously, we we play as well, so you we'll do. figure out what the, the schedule looks like. But be obviously better spend the morning with them and and do all that, and then then obviously have to, to head off at some point for, for the game. So in the next few days, am I going to see Joe Ingles walking through City Creek Mall? Hell <laughs> <laughs> no! I actually thought about that the other day. I was like, obviously, online shopping in the world is a, a beautiful thing, but I was like, I. I really should just go and, and get something. And I was like, there's actually no chance in hell I'm going there. <laughs> I literally couldn't think of anything worse than walking through the Not because it's Utah, it's like just any mall in the world. <laughs> Not your thing. Well, I don't want to end on some happy Christmas thing, Joe, because PK handles the happiness and I do all the dirty stuff on this show. Matthew Delavadova, you're, fo- you're a fellow Australian. He went to St. Mary's. Once upon a time, he beat BYU, so there's plenty of people who still around here carry a grudge. And there's video, because after his NBA, he goes back to Australia. He gets dunked on, um, and... To his credit, after I guess the turnover, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to defend, and and a guy I don't know, maybe you do, Mitch Creek dunks on him. It is a spectacular posterization, and it leads to a fight. And I'm just curious: is Delhi one of those scrappy guys who can annoy other basketball players on any continent at any level? Yeah, I mean, he annoys he annoys us when he's <laughs> with the national team. Like he's just a he's like a little pest, even. Like I said, like five and five with the national team before Olympics, you're practicing. It's like that's just the way he plays. And I think in his career, there's I think it was I think it was Kyle Corver in the playoffs, someone in the playoffs. He dove on a loose ball and took his legs out a little bit, and Kyle hurt his knee. Um, but it's like and obviously everyone goes automatically to the the he's dirty and he all those type of things. But it's like it's legitimately just the way like he plays and if you I mean if you've known Delhi growing up like he's 
from the country country in Melbourne, like hours hours out of the city and um not that I would never like to say that he's he's not as skilled like he's unbelievably skilled obviously, but but he's always had like he went to St Mary's, he wasn't drafted, he went to Cleveland undrafted and had to make the team and I mean the stories in Cleveland is like he was picking up Kyrie full court every day at training camp because that's what he had to do to to make the team and obviously end up making the team and then they got LeBron back and all that happened. He won a championship, but that's just, that's just how he's been his whole career. He, he plays the same way wherever he is, whether it be five and five with the boomers or, or obviously now in Australia. Um, but he's, he's one of those guys that's maximized every, every opportunity and, and every ounce out of his, his body and time to, to get to the highest level and, and obviously stick for, I think he played about seven, eight years. Like I said, won a championship. Um, He's a bronze medalist. He, he's he's done a lot in his his career. From like I said, coming coming to obviously a smaller college and, and being undrafted and, and doing all those things. So he's yeah, he's a he's a hell of a teammate. Obviously, he's, he's a friend. Um, but happy for him to to be playing in Melbourne. He's in his hometown now, and family and friends, and gets to to see see all of them on on the, the daily basis. Do you know Ainge at all? Uh no, I. I mean, I know him. <laughs> I know, I've heard his name, obviously. Um, never spoken to him until yesterday when he when he was here yesterday. Um, but obviously, I'll get to know him. Well, I'll get to know him this year. We'll figure out what happens after that if he likes me or not. But uh, <laughs> he better. <laughs> maybe, I got a radio show to do, Joe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, Maybe if he doesn't like me, I'll do one more episode just to riff on him for a couple <laughs> couple minutes. But go. Um, no, I don't. I don't know him. Obviously, I've I know he's kind of what he's done and where he's been, and obviously even where like the BYU connection and and all that. But um, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll get to know him over this next few months, and hopefully, he likes me enough to bring me back. If not, we'll uh, we'll have a special episode, and I'll rip apart everyone that didn't want me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that would be a fun episode. Well, yeah. it doesn't come to that. Good. <laughs> Vindictive Joe Ingles is the best Joe Ingles. <laughs> I'm right. I'm right. I'm going to start writing notes now. <laughs> All right. All right, Joe, we appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy a string of six straight home games. You get a lot of time in Very nice. Yep. No boring road days. <laughs> right, exactly. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. All right, there's Joe Ingles, his weekly visit. The Jazz win the first of those six home games in a row. Last of those six home games, Christmas night. We'll see how many more they can put away here. They got the Spurs coming in on Friday night. Tomorrow night, San Antonio will be here, and the Wizards Jeez, on Saturday. All eminently beatable teams. Really does look like it, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much now. I mean, they're not going to win every game. I get that, but at least in the conference, it's just like uh, when do we play Phoenix or the Warriors? Yes, I'm 100 <laughs> percent on board with you. And they're not going to beat every team who's not the Suns or the Warriors. But they should win a lot of those games. Oh, yeah, 90, 95%. The Grizzlies are now seven games over 500. So they're, they're decent. They're looking club, like a good man. team. They're 9 1 in their last especially 10. Especially if you get them over there. Right. The Clippers and Lakers are next. They're three games over 500 at 16 and 13. You, just, you, you may be a better team in the last 30 games of the year, but here in these first 30, you're not special. And, and it could be a question of health. I mean, obviously, the Clippers were very shorthanded last night, and obviously LeBron's been in and out of the lineup for the Lakers. Well, I think the Jazz are better than them. I think Mitchell is all league. 
I think we're seeing him, and we, we've said this for years, but we're seeing it again. He's blossoming at another freaking level. So in the East, is there anybody put on their tier? Nets, Bucks, Bulls? They've already seen the Bucks and well, Bulls once. Well, who's available? Yeah. Who's playing that night? Yeah. PK, I just saw a tweet that might sum up your persona perfectly. Bleep you? <laughs> in that vein, sure. <laughs> what? Are we sharing it or are you getting to that next? We can get to it next. Why not? Uh, we'll do that next. Uh, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. The athletic director at the University of Utah, Mark Harling. I'm curious what the difference in financial impact a Rose Bowl is as compared to like an Armed Forces Bowl. Here's what I know to be true. It's not extra millions falling into the athletic department in that way, but it's broader a, a lift to the entire university. That makes it such a special thing. I mean, on January 1, there'll be more people focused in on the brand of Utah, you know, maybe outside of the Final Four years ago um, on that day. And it's hard to put a value number on that, but uh, we're just most excited about all the energy surrounding the University of Utah. I mean, I think, guys, when this thing is said and done, we may have 60,000-plus fans based on some of the data I was looking at. We're going to be unbelievable in our representation of the game, and that's just so exciting. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Prepping for the holidays? Your res can help clean up before and after the festivities. Keeping your carpets clean well into 2022. Give Zero Res a jingle by calling 801-288-9376 or booking online at zeroresaltlake.com. Or if you're up north, it's zeroresdavisweaver.com. All right, you got a perfect tweet, Yach. It sums up PK. All right, this comes from the illustrious Kevin Durant, who obviously is no stranger to his own Twitter beefs out there. His tweet this morning, quote, Knew I needed love, but I think I value the hate more, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Whatever drives you, man. Some people feed off of that. I don't as much anymore. You're mellowing out in your old age? Well, if I haven't proven it by now, am I proving it? But at the same time, I think to keep your edge, you take nothing for granted. And your true to whatever it is you're in. So, you know, I know what I need to do to stay on top of my job, right? Talk to people, uh, watch, Watch read. Watch every jazz game. Yeah, yes. So I don't take any of that for granted. And I, I have to admit, it's not like I feel like I have to come in today and prove myself or I'll be fired. My my line, and I think everybody can relate to this, at whatever business, whatever line of work you're in, to whether you want to move up or you've already been established, I, I think it's life lessons. You know, if you want to move up, whatever job you're in, bust it. It's not your career goal. At at 25 years old, I'm in the newspaper business. Whatever assignments I had, that wasn't, oh, I've arrived and that's what I want to do for the next 30 years. But I've seen some people who, oh, I want to do up here, 
but I don't really like what I'm doing down here, so I'm going to give a, a half belief effort down here. Yeah, and that, I usually, to, that doesn't usually drive me yeah. nuts. It doesn't usually work, and when it does work for someone, it drives me nuts. I've talked about, well, yeah, that's probably because you have a father in a business or something. Um, I talked about a friend of mine who works for ESPN now. He's on television, and he was a youngster going to SC, working late nights, getting his butt up, and his job at the Daily Breeze was to take prep calls, right? And we had like four or five guys. And the phones would ring on nights that he wasn't there. The phones would ring, and the other guys who were there, and they were rotating, and weren't always the same guys because they were part-time guys and trying to break into business. And the other guys, some of the nights, they'd look at each other like, you know, the phone ringing? I don't hear no phone ringing. <laughs> <laughs> There's five guys and two phones. Yeah. Hey, three of us don't have to take a call. I better yeah, be one like, of the three. Dude, that's your job to answer. We're paying you. You're a part-timer. You're 20 years old. You're going to college. You're trying to break in. Answer the phone. Answer the friggin' and phone. Take the high school score yeah, and the yeah. high school stats We're, and whatever three sentences they give you for what right. you, we used to refer to as the agate page. Exactly. And we'd put them on there. And it's not a glamour gig, but that's your job in the moment. So kick butt. And my friend, who now uh, he worked, he was Washington Post sports columnist for a number of years. The phone would ring, and it would be one third of a ring, and he'd pick it up. Daily Breeze Sports. And he was a New York guy who found his way to California. Now he's back east in Washington, and so he was loud and aggressive. But no wonder worked. you bonded. Yeah, yeah, we did. That's another thing. I didn't know that about him. I, oh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have known his hometown. Yeah. I couldn't have picked his home state. I'd had a one in 50 shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so he worked his butt off, and I saw it. I saw it as a 20 year old. And he happens to be African American, and he got the Dodger beat, and there were some people. He got it at a fairly young age, and there were some people who claimed, and he got it for the LA Times. Uh, I can see not where this is going. <laughs> he, yeah, he got it because of his skin color, and he called me up, and he was hurt by it. And I told him, I said, I don't know, that maybe didn't hurt you. I don't know if it helped you, but what I know is you busted your butt at 20 years of age, and you put yourself in the position. This was not gifted to you, my friend. This was because you earned it. Because you worked hard as a 20-year-old, and you knew that the way to get ahead is to really, really bust it, right? And he did. And I, I was proud of him, man, to see him develop. And now he's a big shot. He's on TV, blah, blah, blah. Well, he worked his butt off at a menial job. And then, so, I that was my attitude. My father was a freaking janitor, man. He was a, I saw him on the back of a garbage truck when I was growing up. Because he was a garbage man. And he stood on the back when you had to jump off and take it. Now it's all, you know, they scoop it up and dump it over. Well, they didn't back then. I'm sure you saw it back then, right? 100%. I know yeah, exactly yeah, the yeah. job. It wasn't automated at all. Right. There were two guys, and it's and unbelievable. They, and they, and they, they stood on the thing. And there was a metal bar they, that came off, a yeah, handle. Yeah. And they held on to right, it. Right, right. And in retrospect... How was that okay? <laughs> the same reason we drove in station wagons without seatbelts. Right. And the same reason my, that my mom, who was pretty yeah. safety conscious, let me get in what we called the box. Behind the back seat, there was a little not so much trunk area. It was smaller than that. No, in a no, VW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What? I mean, and I wasn't buckled. What? We didn't know any better. Okay, but we had to have known that cars get rear-ended. So if you're standing on the back of the truck, you're in a bad spot. And people lose their footing or lose their grasp and fall on the road. There's like multiple things that could have gone wrong easily. But that was just the norm. You're right. I saw, yeah, every time that, every week when the trash truck came through the neighborhood, there was at least one, but probably two guys in the back of the truck. Usually on both sides, exactly. But I remember him telling me, whatever job you got, just bust it. Just do the very best. If you want to move up, and it stuck with me. And so I moved up, and now you know I've, I've established myself. But now you're at the point where you don't take it for granted. This job is so sweet that the last thing I'd want to do is is uh, lose it. And yesterday, you know, I could have done the job potentially from remote with the storm. And you asked, oh, I'm surprised to see you in here. Well, one of the reasons why I like to come in here, because it's just so freaking fun going back and forth with you guys. And if I'm by myself at home, like I was for 15 months, it wasn't near as fun. Hmm. And I understood the circumstances and that I had to do it. And it was the right thing to do because you told me we don't need two guys being out with contact tracing. So we don't, the only time we were together is when we we're on a golf course. Uh, during that 15 months when we're outside and taking and care of it that way. you're driving the ball 40 yards past me. Right, we're doing all that <laughs> stuff, yeah. And so I knew I wanted to be back because it's just the job is so much fun, so don't take it for granted. Go to work every day. And if Durant's obviously way younger than me, but if that drives him, great. And, and I can relate it to the Jazz now because they're starting to get some heat. Normally they never got any heat. Because they did things the right way, and they were respected. You know, I always said Kyle Whittingham is always showered with love because, oh, they're such an overachieving program. Well, no, they're not an overachieving program. They're actually achieving what they're supposed to achieve because we see it. But he, he's a hard-nosed guy, lunch pale dude. Well, the Jazz now, they're starting to get criticism because they had the last, best record last year and flamed out in the second round. And it's interesting to hear. I'm watching the pregame show with Smith, Stephen Smith, last night, and he's going to town on him. I don't believe in him. I don't believe in him. And then that's the Wolves last week, and now uh, Morris last night saying, well, they're still the same guys, meaning we beat them. So what did they beat us on December 15th? We beat them last year with the implication being we get to the playoffs, we're going to beat them again. So what are you going to do about it, guys? What are you going to do about it, man? You can't do much of anything until you get to the playoffs because you've already done all the regular season stuff. And it's important to do the regular season stuff when you haven't done it before. But I think the mindset is now, not then, now. Yes. And right now, there isn't much they can do because if they win five more games, Stephen A. Smith is going to be right back out there. I'm not biting on the regular season success. They're not built for the playoffs. I'm not going to be wrong about this See, again. See, I think there is so stuff nothing that they changes. can do now. Well, Store quit. it. Yes, you're right. They can do that. And Quinn would tell them, keep a note of it. You get better every night because we're not a perfect, we're very good, but we're not a perfect basketball team. So let's Only fix- the Lakers of the 80s, Jake Scott, were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so you find that list. That's why they do the video and you don't, Joe Magic just told was us, perfect. You don't, you don't want to be on the video. It was perfect. And that's what they're doing. Those little things. Because right now, most nights, and I just read you in the break because you were saying, wow, it looks like Jazz are going to be favored in all these games. Yeah, they're going to be favored in every game the rest of December. They may not win them all. Somebody may have a great night and the Jazz may have a bad night. But that's why Quinn is saying do things the right way. Not just the right way. Not just a good way. Do it the best way. And repeat it, repeat it, so it's just automatic. The same way it was for your friend. Phone rings, pick it up. It's automatic. I don't have any problem 
with people motivating and motivating is not just that it's more like concentrating focusing on the idea of hey there's all sorts of doubters because i had all sorts of doubters i mean i was told you weren't good enough hell i got the job here at the tribune and two months later boss told me to look for another job it's not working took me in two months I just moved all the way up here. I'm not from Utah. I mean, I changed my entire life. And two months later, two months later, it's not working. <laughs> I kind of got the last laugh there uh, as far as it working. I thought it worked pretty well. But so I don't have any problem using negative as motivation. And if it works for Durant, because Durant has achieved everything that he needs to achieve individually, but he wants to achieve more. Mm, I don't think he does. Uh, I think he thinks he didn't get credit for the two titles he won at Golden State. And I think that was part of what was driving it. The Olympics, he played at a very high level in the Olympics. Well, he won the Olympics for us. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that they went without him. And he was he was really I, I, good. I think Durant is going to waltz into the Hall of Fame. Every possible honor. That's a given. He's I'm with you on that. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's already decided. But if this is what he feels he needs to do, I'm all for it. The haters. There's always going to be somebody out there who's going to hate you. I mean, you may have to look far and wide, but there's going to be somebody who's going to doubt you. I mean, those guys, they have to almost manufacture it. The rest of us only have to get out of bed. As we sit here on December 16th, the MVP voting which is still months away. But the MVP voting, aren't Curry and Durant going to finish 1-2? Whichever order, I don't know. But aren't they going to be 1-2? I'm not sure about that, man. I think you got to go Chris Paul's way, too. I think you've got to reward winning in this league. You know, I'm okay with Otani winning it in baseball, but I wouldn't be okay with Otani winning it in basketball. Because does Ante Dekembo have a shot to get another one? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of time. So when you say that Donovan Mitchell is All NBA, are you talking All NBA any team or All NBA first team? Well, I think right now he's first team because those four guys are any of them going to miss the first team? Because I wasn't putting. I got to admit, I wasn't. I was not thinking Chris Paul first or second in the MVP voting. But I could easily see him all NBA first team. If he rolls out another 70, 75 games. And, and if they, and they end up wins, with the best record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's yeah. the difference there? It's him. He, and, and, he, and he does it in a manner. You can look at a box score and see it. But Chris Paul's contributions go way beyond a box score. I agree. But I also think that won't help him win the MVP. I agree. I think I, Curry I agree. and Durant, the way they I, I, yeah. score. I understand that. And, that, and the fact that their at. teams are winning. You, that's what I'm saying. You have that's to. That's why win. they're going to be one too. That's what I say. Otani in baseball. You want to give him the MVP? Fine. Sure. Remarkable. There's a little wiggle room in football too, but oh, not yeah. in basketball, because you could put up a whole bunch of empty, meaningless stats. To me, basketball, you must reward winning because there's so much involved. Like Westbrook, Reeves gets the credit for the phenomenal shot. Good on him. But Westbrook not taking the shot and driving, collapsing the defense, somebody's got to be open. Once he hesitated and then makes a move towards the key, somebody's got to be open somewhere. It just has to be, right? Because they're not going to allow him just to waltz to the basket. And and, and if it, they do, you win the game. Yeah. <laughs> so. And so does I don't know that he gets the credit. I was thoroughly impressed 
with Westbrook not jacking up a three and being hero ball. And to me, that is that that individual play for the Lakers was very significant because you've got LeBron who's got the ball. He draws a little bit of a double team. He passes it. He doesn't look to hero it. Westbrook had the shot. If he takes the shot, you can see why he takes the shot. Because he was wide open, plus he allows the uh, time for an offensive rebound. And it wasn't at a, literally at the buzzer. I mean, Reeves takes the shot, with, uh, and they end up with less than one second. And he has to shoot, which is always, to me, the most dangerous situation for any shooter. If I'm on defense, when a player has to shoot, there's no question. That always alarms me. Because I think his percentages go up because he has no choice. There's zero things to think about. And he got squared up. He let it fly. Boom. It's gone. So for the Jazz, yeah, this whole season, I would build some animosity. But that's my way. That's the way I work. You doubted me. I'm going to show you. Well, how are you any different than Rudy Gobert? And for that matter, Joe Ingles likes a little animosity. He doesn't shy from it. So that's two guys right there. Okay, fine, great. I, I would build it up because now nobody doubts you as a really good team, but everybody doubts you as, as a title best. contender, yeah. a legitimate. You have not got past the second round, guys. Come on. The second round in the NBA, no heroes are made out of teams that win one playoff series and then get dismissed in the second round. So you guys got to sack it up and get this thing done, or you're going to be exposed as a fraud. That's the reality of the situation facing the Jazz. And there's no other way to look at it. And I appreciate Mitchell acknowledging it. Because in order to overcome it, you've got to acknowledge it first. And he has. And I would get fired up. You don't have to run around and make outrageous statements. But I would burn with desire to show everybody come May and June. DJ and PK, when we come back, college football recruiting, signing day, in the books, takeaways for the Utes, the Cougars, and the Aggies. Next, Riley Jensen joins us at the top of the hour. Hans Olsen. Hans Olsen joins us at the top of the hour. I was say, like, hold on, did I just like time <laughs> warp back to Wednesday? Uh, no, I know. Hans Olsen joins us at the top of the hour <laughs> to talk more college football recruiting, and he'll be on the national broadcast of BYU's bowl game. And we'll talk with Hans coming up at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. With a blowout victory over San Diego State, Blake Anderson and the Aggies have brought an improbable Mountain West Conference Championship to Logan. Logan. Now the Aggies prepare for a showdown against Oregon State in the first ever L.A. Bowl in SoFi Stadium. Your home for the best coverage of Aggie football. Aggie football. As well as all the play-by-play action is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time to talk a little college football recruiting. Signing day in the books, although it's hardly a done deal. It's all brought to you by Davis Vision. Fifth annual Black Friday sale has been extended through December at Davis Vision. Tired of glasses or contacts? Get LASIK now and save 1400 bucks. There are limited spots available, so act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Yeah, well, before, we want to talk recruiting. Bef- yes. Go ahead. I was going to say, before we get to the individual schools and players that have or have not caught your eye or have or have not intrigued you or things you've heard about 
a specific player. One thing we have talked about is the local schools being able to keep talent in state. This year, eight players leaving the state for Power 5 schools. Including Harrison Taggart. Now... And Devin Brown. I was going to say, yes, two Corner Canyon Chargers. And Brown, I'm counting him as an in-state kid when I say eight, but he grew up in Arizona. He came here for one year. I don't know if they really lost an in-state guy. Not sure that's the point we're trying to make here. So maybe it's seven, not eight. But this morning at 11 o'clock, they're going to honor all the four guys from Corner Canyon who signed with D1 programs. Two of which are going to BYU. <laughs> so with that in mind, I guess we gotta go to break. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to go right now? Do I have a minute? Or no? Okay. So does it bug you that Oregon took two guys? Washington State, UCLA, Oregon State, and Arizona took one. Baylor took one also. And five there are five more players who went to Mountain West schools. Yeah, it always bugs me. Okay, but if there's almost fifty guys getting scholarships, they're not all staying in I state. I know. But you asked me, is it bugged me? Yeah. There's not good enough. The fence no, is no, not no, up no, around. No, no, that. no, that's not it is good enough. Two different things. Two different things here. I think that uh, I would if if they want to me. There's if BYU or Utah isn't recruiting you, then you got Utah State. Now I don't know that they recruited any of those guys, and I don't know who those guys are, and I don't criticize them for going out of state. But this has always been a pet peeve of mine. ASU yesterday signed zero guys from Arizona. Oh, <laughs> so this is a different deal. At BYU and Arizona, at BYU and Utah State are in double digits. The Utes signed great, four local guys, and they did a great job. Great job. And if the Utes are winning the Pac-12, Kyle's got to get talent. I mean, it can't be just a Utah high school all-star it. team. I got it. He's got to bring in talent from wherever. Yeah, I got it. All but, right, but my point I make mm-hmm. is that the in-state schools have everything you need. Now, if you want to go outside, bless you. Good luck to you. I've got no problem with it. But my, it's not about that. The point is that the in-state programs have everything you need. That's the point I'm making. Whether you take advantage of it or not, that's up to you. And I don't really care whether you do or you don't. But the point is, this state has great coaching, great facilities, great fan bases. Get, and, you can get to the NFL. Three 10 win teams. Yeah. you got. Right. That's the point I'm making. You got everything you need right here. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 the zone.